Welcome to the Better Than Rich Show with your hosts, Andrew Biggs and Mike Abramowitz. The Better Than Rich Show helps ambitious leaders who are on a mission to leave the world better than they found it, change their perspective on what's important, increase their income and impact, and systemize their life and business. If you've ever struggled with finding your purpose, have felt disconnected or distracted, or found yourself going through the motions, this show will remind you that what you do matters and will re-inspire you to chase your highest dreams. It's time for you to become better than rich. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Better Than Rich show. I'm your host, Andrew Biggs. I'm here with my special guest, Mike Abramowitz. Mike, how are you today? Feeling great. Feeling great. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Always a pleasure. Awesome, man. Yeah, glad we're able to do this and uh, and catch up tonight. Uh, I know you've had a pretty busy day, and uh, I was saying, hey, uh, what are we going to jam on? And we were kind of going back and forth, and uh, you're 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 all heated over there, man. So, like, I'm sure the people <laughs> want to know, like, what's what's got y'all riled up this evening, man? What's up? So, what's what's got me uh, really riled up is. Um, how challenging it is for me to get the information that I want to know and, mm. uh, and also getting information that has so much bias behind it. So I just posted a couple of things on my platforms today because one screenshot specifically was all about minimum wage. And uh, it was just like, I read the description after 45, 40 minutes of just like trying to find a non, the least controversial topic I could find uh, just because there's so many out there between, you know, environment and abortion and and uh, and um, uh, systemic racism. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, literally the topics that they have on their COVID. I mean, there's so many, so many topics that I felt like, all right, let me find one that I feel like is the least controversial, but can at least get the point across that it's challenging for someone who's new to this, the voting space. Mm-hmm. to get the information that is needed. And um, I, it was just like, I looked at the, de- the the descriptions and I'm like, this seems a little lopsided. It just seems like it's not real, you know, balanced for me if I'm not educated at all. Like I think of Mike Abramowitz and I'm 18, 19 years old and I don't know anything except what my parents told me, my teachers told me and what I see on social media. And if like, that's all the information I have, then that's what I'm going to be able to make my my decisions off of. And then I see whatever's put on a ballot or put in front of me. I'm going to be like, well, of course that makes, that's a no brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose that. So with the minimum wage thing, it's like, yeah, that one sounds really good. I'm going to do that, but it's not like showing all the information. So I went on a, you know, a search trying to find where can I get the all the information where it's not just a snippet where it's like, where's all the ramifications? Where's all the consequences? Where's all the benefits? Where's all, where's the, why are people opposed to this and why are people for this? And Mm -hmm. that way I can get some information and make a decision and discern through it. And um, unfortunately I couldn't find it. And Mm. that's where I got pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you, man. Yeah, I was uh, joking with people the other day. I said, yeah, we live in the information age, um, but it also could be called the disinformation age. And it's just like there's, you know, so much information that, um, you know, and everybody has a an agenda. Everyone has like an angle, right? Um, there's a there's a book called Nudge. I haven't read it, but I've, I've heard about this. 
And essentially it's like how to use language to kind of nudge people towards, you know, um, actions you want them to take. And, um, in, in very imperceptible ways, right. In ways where it's like, you don't even realize you're being influenced because of the language and how something might be written. Um, and so it's like, you know, I think it's a really good book for anybody who, um, is going to use stuff like that ethically. And, uh, because it is kind of a dangerous tool to, to know like how to phrase things and how to word things to, to, to kind of get your way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you're making a really good point. Maybe you're, maybe you're, uh, inspiring an entrepreneur out there who's, uh, sees a, a hole in the marketplace and can be excited about trying to find, uh, you know, non-biased information and present it. Right. Uh, so I think that that's really interesting too. Um, one of the things that I think is really important as you, as you think about certain, uh, topics, I mean, you brought up some, some really big topics, you know, whether it's COVID or it's, um, you know, racism or even minimum wage or whatever it is, we always need to be thinking about not just the direct consequence. And too often there are not, um, there's not really deep thinking that goes into things, right? So I would say one of the better than rich principles is to, to be a deep thinker and to think things through all the way to their logical conclusion, right? What happens if I accept the premise that the country is systemically racist, right? Like what happens if I accept the, the, you know, if I, if we raise minimum wage, it sounds really great on paper, but it also might mean, you know, I work with some people who have a $15 minimum wage in their, in their area and they can't hire somebody because the, the job that the, is only a ten dollar an hour work. So why would they pay $15 an hour for it? They're just going to not, not pay someone. So that means that the alternative to, uh, for that person is not getting hired. So the, their minimum wage is zero. Right. And so it's like, there's the second and order, you know, third order consequences. And there's these dynamic tensions that are pulling on it. It's like consumer protections and employee protections, but also like, you know, a thriving economy. And like, that's how these sorts of things need to be thought through is like, what are the second order, third order consequences? $15 minimum wage sounds amazing. Right. Um, and also some jobs aren't worth 15 bucks. <laughs> so what, you know, those people just aren't going to get hired. So I don't know if you're anything sparking up for you, but what's, what's coming up on your side? What shows up? And that's why I picked the minimum wage topic, just because I, in my, in my opinion, I could speak openly about how, um, silly some, some people might sound on that topic because it's a very easy, like I'm as a business owner, I've, you know, I've been a business owner now for a decade and a half. And like, to your point, if they raise minimum wage, I'm going to outsource to non-American workers to do the work because they're going to do it for less than I'm willing to pay because mm -hmm. it's not $15 an hour work. So essentially we go from providing jobs to not providing jobs to, uh, to people in our, our, our society, which mm -hmm. I just think is absolutely in, in, insane. But do so so that one's an easy topic for me to talk about openly but the bigger issue is not the topic mm -hmm. for me the bigger issue is discerning information and 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 getting educated about about topics that are in our lives we have to make decisions all the time 
Mm-hmm. And this is just one easy example I could speak openly and passionate about. I choose not to speak openly about and passionate about some topics, but I do mm-hmm. feel like it's important to speak openly and passionate about discernment, discerning mm-hmm. information and getting educated. Because I think of 18, 19, 20-year-old Mike, I think about who I was, I think about how I wanted to make good choices. I thought maybe I was making good decisions, but most of the decisions I was making, a lot of it was based on bias, not based on Hmm. actual education and information. It was opinions of people that were in my life. And I believe some of those opinions are really great. I also believe some of those opinions are very one-sided where they're not seeing, like you said, seeing it all the way through. Mm. You know, mm. it's like, I want to see it all the way through to the end. What is like the ramifications and the, and the op, you know, the, the oppositions question some things. So I, and you taught me so much on this, Andrew, and that's why I thought it was a great topic for you to be able to talk to about today because, um, even this year in 2020, those two main topics of COVID and and the 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 BLM movement mm-hmm. that was taking place, those were two very sensitive topics as a business owner mm-hmm. that you and I had conversations with where I had to discern and address in a way that I can be principled and anchored to seeing everything all the way through and you guided me through that. And I thought it would really be helpful for any of our listeners to be able to kind of enter your paradigm of how you kind of see things through and, you know, how you teach people at Better Than Rich. Sure. So, you know, we're, we're definitely, you know, wading into some interesting waters here and some treacherous waters that, you know, um, could, could very easily, you know, trigger people. And I think one of the most interesting, you know, parts about um, trying to educate yourself is actually being willing to hear things that maybe you don't want to hear, right? So it's like, you know, in order for me to be educated, uh, that means I, I have to have my own assumptions questioned, right? And, you know, we've talked about this a little bit so far on, on several episodes, but it's like, you know, being having an open mind, being willing to take on other perspectives um, and, that's really the only way that you're ever going to learn anything, right? Uh, whether it's, you know, if you <laughs> are you, if you're married to your belief system that two plus two equals five, you know, well, life's not going to go very well for you, right? So, you know, I always want to hear opposing points of view, um, especially if you feel like very strongly about a certain issue, you should really understand the counter argument because that's only going to make your belief system stronger, right? Like when you actually have thought through the other person's point of view. So uh, I was doing a call for our community um, and I taught them about the concept of steel manning versus straw manning. So straw manning means basically what you're doing is you're taking like a caricature of the argument of, of, on a, of a particular topic instead of like the actual topic, right? Um, so you'll kind of uh, try to think of a, a, an example, but it's like, Oh, you know, um, everybody who um, who uh, is uh, pro pro industry and pro business, like they don't care about the environment, and they're over there just driving their cars, and you know everyone's polluting, and it's just like, 
you kind of come up with like a caricature of it. It's not a great example, but what you really should be doing is steel manning people's arguments and basically giving people the benefit of the doubt, right? And and basically going into every single nook and cranny into in any sort of perspective and then walking it through your own logic and see where there's where there's reason and logic in what they're saying and then obviously find the faults in their logic as well if there is any. Um, so that's that's step one is like you should always be kind of giving the devil to do whenever you're trying to think through something and think through both sides, right? Um, now, one of the words you brought up several times already is bias. So I just went over to Wikipedia. Anybody can do this. And I typed in uh, cognitive bias, right? So go to list of cognitive biases. There are like, there must be a hundred or <laughs> or so here, you know? Um, uh, let's just let's just read some here. Um, anchoring, right? The tendency to rely too heavily or anchor uh, on one piece of information when making decisions. Okay, there you go. There's a cognitive bias. Um, sorry. Um, let's see. Like, I'm trying to find one that's like more common. The Dunning-Kruger effects. The tendency for unskilled individuals to overestimate their own ability, and the tendency for experts to underestimate their own ability. Uh, there's so many, right? There's uh, the gambler's fallacy, the, ten the tendency to believe that future probabilities aren't altered, are altered by past events, right? So if I go to the roulette wheel and it's red, you know, six times in a row, then I know it's going to be black next time, right? Because, you know, even though it's an individual event, so it's not actually impacted whatsoever by previous events. There's so many cognitive biases. And if you're walking through life and you're not even thinking about you know, the sunk cost fallacy or your own, you know, ways that you, your brain is actually kind of, it's not completely, you know, logical all the time, then you're going to be, you know, in a world of pain because you're not going to be able to discern anything. So that's my little rant. Um, what's, what's coming up for you, Mike? It's, it's so, um, it's so critical for each individual to be willing to question things, in my opinion. I think it's important to just question, lead with curiosity. So to, to Andrew, to your point, you say, okay, as when, when I say, uh, um, uh, when, you, when you say this is the opposite and opposing argument of whatever I might think, are you at least willing to be curious of, well, someone thinks that way, why do they think that way? And then I, you could go down that, you know, paradigm of how they view the world and why they might believe that to be the truth and why they go down that path. And okay, now I can forge my own opinion after I can think critically through this. And then I could say, well, I agree with that or I don't agree with that. But at least present me with the information so I can make some of those decisions without the bias. Uh, I mean, right. and, 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 um, so that, that's, that's my thought. Totally. Um, on, on that topic, you know, one, one general rule that we should all have is like, if you can't, um, understand someone's perspective without making them evil or stupid, then you probably haven't thought through their perspective very well. Um, especially if it's a large, large group. I mean, are there individual actors out there in the country, in the world who are evil or stupid? Sure. Um, but if it's a, 
you know, if there's a lot of people that, you know, you think half the country is evil, you know, you're wrong, right? If you think half the country is stupid. Yeah. Why can't wrong. you go both ways? Like why, why can't, you know, we, we say, we say left, right, you know, and, and, and if you're in the middle, it's like, uh, well, it's irrelevant, you know, you know, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to make change or, you know, you gotta, you gotta choose a side, you know, like it, it, it it's almost, it creates the divisiveness. And obviously we're talking about politics, but even in a relationship, you know, if it's male, female, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're different than me. So therefore you're never going to see it the way I see. But, and that's why we talk about polarities. We talk about mm-hmm. feminine energy and masculine energy. We, we, we are able to access both. It's not right or, or left. It's not male or female, masculine or feminine, black or white. Like there, there is a middle. Mm-hmm. There, there is, it does exist. And, um, I think it's important for us to question that, to, to say, um, why, why do I like alone time and quiet time? And as a, as a man to get a massage or, uh, get a pedicure or something like that, which would be my, my definition of maybe a, a feminine activity. Um, it feels good. I like it. Why would mm-hmm. I not? You know, like, so it's okay. There is an in-between. Yeah. And I don't think that's talked about enough. Right. Um, it, you know, one of the things that, you know, I really pride myself on and I, uh, I try to teach people as much as possible. I know you're somebody who's learned a lot of this, um, is, is the word access. And so what I mean by access is, you know, masculine, feminine, um, uh, courageous or, or fearful, um, you know, introvert, extrovert, lazy, hardworking, these different polarities on, on different things that you need. Um, the answer isn't what's right and what's wrong. The answer is what's right for which circumstance, right? So sometimes I want to be like hyper-masculine and go tell, you know, somebody on my team exactly what's up in no uncertain terms and they need to know and they need to change or they need to leave. And I need to be really, really clear that sometimes that is exactly what's needed in a business context. Sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes I need to show up as my, my team teammates, uh, you know, almost like a therapist or just like hold space for them and just ask them questions and, you know, let them cry. And it's the exact opposite, right? That's needed. But too often we kind of fit into one or the other. Um, we think that, you know, one strategy is the winning strategy. You know, I want to have a run my business more like a, you know, a badass, or I want to run my business with more about love and, and emotion. It's like, I want it all, you know, I want access to both and access to all of my options so that I can, you know, choose what's right for the circumstance. You know, the question isn't what's the right leadership style. The question is what's the right leadership style for the moment. So what comes up for you there on this term access? So how would somebody go ahead and if somebody wanted to even know what the options are Mm -hmm. that they can access? So, you know, say if, for example, um, 
if they only are presented one way of thinking, you know, if you if they're raised in a household where it's like it's the, it's my way or the highway, do as I say, not as I do. If it, you know, if mm-hmm. money is the root of all evils, like they're raised in an environment where that's all they're exposed to, where they don't they don't even know what to access, or they don't know the other end of it because they're misinformed, or they're only informed by one. Um, lens. How would someone know? How do how would how would one know what the other end of of the spectrum is for them mm-hmm. to access? I don't know if that makes sense, but sure. I mean, one of the classic things people you know recommend is to to experience a lot of different things, right? Um, there's when you think about one of the one of the hero archetypes is like this capacity to go into any circumstance in any situation. Um, you know, it's kind of theorized that, that, you know, this goes way back to the story of Jacob in the Bible. You know, he has a coat of many colors and this coat of many colors means he's, he's kind of a man of the world. You know, he's, he's somebody who, uh, can, can act has access to a lot of different things. And I, you know, I think that that's one thing is like, try to, um, try to see, put yourself in situations where you don't feel comfortable. Um, I think that's, that's one thing. One big thing you can do is travel, right? Because if you live in a bubble and then you go to, you know, um, like for me, I lived in India for five years. Um, we lived in Mexico for like four or five months. You know, obviously I've been all all over the world, seen a lot of different places. Um, but if you travel, you're going to expand your horizons. You're going to, uh, travel, is going to expand, you know, your capacity of, of where you can go comfortably, um, is one thing. Uh, and then, you know, don't be so threatened by having your assumptions, you know, agitated. So often, you know, we are attached to our ideas and our beliefs because we think we are our beliefs, you know? So if you go to a fundamental Christian and you start talking to them about evolution, you know, they're going to have a hard time wanting to have that conversation, but that's not, you know, the best way we should go about things. It should be, okay, well, let me learn everything I can about evolution, see what the theory is and see if either I need to change my worldview or I can dispense with evolution because I've, I've read the literature and it's, you know, it's not, you know, um, I don't believe it or you come to that conclusion or maybe you find a way to synthesize the two. Yes, this is true, and this is true in a different way. Um, so don't be afraid to to have your ideas, um, you know, challenged is another thing. Um, the last thing I'll just say is, once you kind of know what the like what you need to work on, you know, I needed to work on having a backbone once, and so I was standing in line. American Airlines had canceled my flight like two times in a row and just like sent me back to a hotel. I was stuck in Dallas. My family was in Cancun. Um, it, it was just like a nightmare. Uh, sort of situation. And, um, you know, we we were all standing in line to board the flight and then immediately it just says canceled flight. And everyone, some people are going on vacation, you know, kids are crying because their family vacations ruined. You know, for me, it wasn't that bad, but I was just like, this is unacceptable. And I'm normally the guy who's like really, really nice to customer service people, you know, because I know how it is. And I'm just like, hey, it's not your fault, that kind of thing. But this time I was like, I'm not leaving until I have a flight. Like, it's not going to happen. Like, I need a flight. They're like, well, I can't do that, sir. I'm like, well, then I'm not leaving. Like, 
Well, we need. Well, I'll talk to my supervisor, but they're going to tell you the same thing. Okay, get them over here. And and sure enough, like we got it through. So it's like it was super uncomfortable for me, right, to like have that backbone <laughs> in that moment and like demand and like kind of be like a jerk about it because that's not my nature. But it was like I needed practice at that of like having boundaries. So you can practice these things that make you really uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know what's coming up for you, man. What what came up was um, when you when you were talking about the evolution versus religion, and you said be willing to listen to the the other sides, listen to the opposing uh, whatever it is. That, so if you were raised one way, and and you know, how would somebody be able to find the willingness to be open to the other vantage point? Because it's like I was raised this way my entire life. I was raised to believe this certain way. I'm holding to my belief system because that's my identity. How would somebody become more willing to at least listen to the other side openly and then, you know, either strengthen their beliefs to what they are holding on to or, and or at least understand or empathize with the other, uh, with the other vantage point? Mm. It's a good question. one thing you might consider is like, what's the consequence of not being willing to challenge your belief system? So let's, let's, let's try to see if we can answer that together. What's the consequence of not being willing to challenge your belief system? One thing that comes up for me is, well, I'm, I'm not going to have a very sophisticated model of the world, right? Um, because I'm basically just taking the beliefs of someone else. In many ways, I can't even land, like, really be firmly planted in my own beliefs because they don't go very deep, right? They aren't, like, really well thought out. So if I don't have a very sophisticated model of the world, uh, what happens when we have a, a, a less sophisticated model of the world is we get surprised. And sometimes surprises are nice, but sometimes they're not, right? So if your model and belief system is like, hey, if I work hard and I go to college, and I take out $100,000 in loans and I get my college degree, then I'm going to have a six-figure job waiting after, you know, waiting for me because that's what my parents told me and that's what their parents told them. And, you know, this is just, that's the order of, of how we things are. And, you know, your parents told you you're really special. So, of course, you think you're going to hit a, a six-figure job on day one. And then that doesn't happen, right? Because you didn't really think through this thing. You just accepted the belief. Then you're going to be in a world of pain when you graduate when the best job you can find is 40 grand and you know, you have a student loan payment through the roof that you're never going to be able to get rid of. So this is just an example, but that that's one consequence that came up for me. What, what about you? Like anything else come up in terms of the consequence well, yeah, like of not being said, willing? I like what you said. You said taking the beliefs of someone else, it could potentially, it could create potential consequence because we're, we're not seeing the entire scope of what what what's in front of us we're only seeing one mm -hmm. side so if we're seeing one vantage point using that example it's i go to college i get my degree and i get my six-figure job even though i accumulated a hundred thousand dollars in debt along the way but that's the path and that's the only thing i've been exposed to and therefore i'm going to hold on to this belief and if someone comes at me it's like well are you sure you're guaranteed the job after college it's like yes i am that's what my parents told me and, and then if you're only surrounded around other people who've done the same thing, it's like uh, the five people that I also went to, you know, my five older siblings, that's what they did. 
And that's what my neighbor's friend did. So therefore, that's all I'm exposed to. So all I see and witness are the eight people who got their degree, graduated with debt, and then got their good job. So therefore, I'm exposed to a very small sample size. I'm exposed to this bias information. I'm not exposed to the potential consequences of the debt. I'm not exposed to what I could do with that money um, by putting it to work early in, early in my life and benefiting from compounding interest. I'm not exposed to other ways that I can generate, um, you know, uh, generate education outside of just traditional education. I'm not exposed to other worldviews that are out there. I'm only exposed to this one, this one lens. So I, I, I think it's worth us continuing to talk about, Andrew, what are those potential consequences of someone being so narrow, so narrow with their mm-hmm. vantage point and why we want to continue to expose more curiosity and, and, and continue to help people um, be willing mm-hmm. to, to see other vantage points. Yeah, totally. Well, again, just what are the consequences of not questioning your belief system? You're going to have an insufficiently, um, you're going to have a very simple model of the world that's not complex enough, right? So we talked a little bit earlier, we were talking about <clears throat> single, like some for some people, one thing explains the world, right? So it's like, but here's the thing, the world is way too complex for one thing to explain the world. So it's like, for example, you will look at disparities in income between whites and, and blacks. And then, of course, you will make the assumption that racism is the is the cause, right? Maybe racism is the cause, but is it the only cause? Maybe it's a certain percentage. Maybe it's 5%. I don't know. Maybe it's 50. Some people think it's 100%. Some people might think it's 50%. You know, maybe it's like 1% to 5% in my perspective. I don't know. Maybe even less. But it's like, maybe it's one of the causes, but then it's like, what are the other causes? Well, what about education system? What about access to resources? What about fathers in the home? You can you can run a multi-factor analysis. So when, whenever you have a one way of looking at things, <clears throat> then you know, you're gonna be have an insufficient model of the world. You're not gonna be able to make good decisions. Uh, basically, whenever one thing explains the world, right? Uh, it's called an ideology. And, you know, the ideology, people do crazy things in the name of ideology. Um, And, you know, we're seeing some already, um, you know, and and we also see some, you know, you can go back through history and read all the people who thought they were doing great things, you know, and and ushering in the utopia and murdering millions of people. Um, And so it's uh, ideology is a very, very, very dangerous thing to do. And um, one of the things I like to do <clears throat> through Better Than Rich is to do my best to like inoculate people against ideology so that they can actually think for themselves. Um, I, I feel like I'm getting somewhere to your point, to your question. I don't know. That's no, good. No, yeah. it's, a, it's great. It, it's such a, it's great because, you know, Andrew, you're, you're such a great thought leader where you will be willing to question certain things. And yes, you have mm-hmm. your own opinions, but you're also willing to, um, help someone forge their own opinion by just asking good questions. And mm-hmm. you've raised me to do that in the last, over the last couple of years, it's just like question certain things because um, 
without that curiosity and without that willingness to question, I know there, there's going to be consequence. There's, I'm going to be, I'm, there's no way I'm going to be able to be as an effective leader if I'm not willing to help other people come up with their own stance because then they're going to build a foundation that is based upon um, just that, like you said, that cognitive bias off of, off of somebody else. They're, they're never coming up with their own, um, mm-hmm. you know, their, their own foundation. And what's the old saying, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything. Mm-hmm. And we want to develop leaders that are willing to stand for things, but they can't stand on principles that are built on fear from their parents or fear from social media or misinformation. I mean, we're seeing it right now. How, how, uh, you know, there's all these, the, the, the lawsuits, if you turn on the news of like, um, Twitter and Facebook, you know, not sharing certain information. And, uh, it's like, and I shared a couple episodes ago about my relationship with the media because, you know, they took one story and they over and exaggerated embellished it to, to, to push more newspapers because they had an agenda. So it's like, if I don't question things and it's all I accept is that I'm going to then raise my kids in this way to be one-sided. I'm going to raise my employees this way to be one-sided or anyone in my organization to be in this ideology. Like you talk about and that's not real leadership. Mm-hmm. If we want to be really better than rich and we want to really understand that it has nothing to do with just wealth of money and we want to really reach fulfillment in our lives and around and, and, and create some positive change in our societies that we live in, we, we've got to be willing to, to be curious and question things mm. and, and discern the information that's given to us and um, oftentimes I, I find, Andrew, maybe you could speak to this, that some people just come up with the resolution that it's not worth it because what? who am I to try to change something that's corrupt? It's just corrupt. There's no change that could be created. That's just how it's going to be. So why, why even try? Why even bother? Mm-hmm. And then that creates a lot, some discouragement to say, you know what? You're right. And then all the haters, you know, the haters come out of nowhere. All the trolls come out of nowhere and they're like, yeah, kind of attack you on your beliefs. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. shut up, stay in your lane. So if maybe you could speak to something, so, something that, that maybe can help a listener that says, I am willing, I do want to learn. I want to educate myself. I want to get opinions, uh, you know, forge my own opinions. Yeah. How do I discern or, you know, what, 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 I mean, one of the, one of the biggest like starting points for me was just exposure to thought leaders that I really respected. Um, you know, hopefully that's one of the reasons you're watching this show and, uh, and listening to this show right now, because you respect, you know, whatever I have to say or what Mike has to say or what our guests have to say, uh, or at least we'll give our guests a shot. Um, that doesn't also mean that you agree with everything, right? Like that's never what I asked, but you know, hopefully there's some respect there. And, you know, you got to find thought leaders that can actually speak truth into your life. And, you know, I'm a big believer that the, you know, when the student is ready, that, you know, the teacher appears and, uh, you know, there's people like Tony Robbins out there. There's, you know, um, you know, Ed Milet, there's Lewis Howes, there's all these different guys. Um, 
you know, and, and girls too, you know, there's some, some really amazing women in the space as well. But one of the things I started to, to really crave was like a deeper, you know, thought leader, like somebody who is, who is really, really, um, thought through issues thoughtfully. Um, and also like, I kind of got a little, like, I'll even be honest. I'm a little bit like out right now. I don't even know how I feel about it, but like, I'm a little bit out right now on some of like the woo woo, you know, hype up sort of stuff in the personal development space. I know like it works. So like part of me is like, man, I should probably like, you know, get back into it and, and those sorts of things. Like maybe I'm, I'm overcorrecting a little bit to this, like, you know, scientific approach, but I want like people who really know what they're talking about. Not people who are like, you know, if you just believe then it's going to happen for you. Like I'm sick of these like slogans. Like I want people who have really done the work. So I'll just, I'll share with you guys the intellectual dark web. Uh, Mike, are you familiar with these guys or no? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Okay. Let's find out. So the intellectual dark web is it's like coined a term of just these like people who are heterodox in their thinking, which basically means they aren't, you know, they don't really fit neatly into a box. They don't fit into like right or left or like they don't fit neatly into one little thing. So they, you know, um, people like, uh, Eric Weinstein, Brett Weinstein, their brothers, uh, Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, you know, Joe Rogan, um, these, these casts of characters, uh, Heather Hying, uh, is, is really great. Um, these, these, these characters really, really, really can, can think through things. You know, Rogan's a little bit more like an interviewer. Uh, but these, but these other guys have really thought through things. You know, Dave Rubin is another one. Um, and if you're willing to just expose yourself to some of these things. Now, by the way, sometimes people will say, don't listen to Joe Rogan because he's transphobic or they'll say something like that. It's like, if you go listen to what they have to say, people are smearing these people generally because they can't compete with their ideas and they're angry. And the best way to get do it is to smear them, right? Which is pretty inevitable for anybody who's sharing their opinions these days. As long as, you know, anytime you fall out of the, like the dogma of the, the culture where the common culture is, you're smeared, right? Uh, you're smeared a racist or a transphobe or, you know, homophobic, Islamophobic, like all the phobics in the world. Right. To, to the point now where these words have basically lost all their meaning. But it's like um, that's why you have to go and do the investigation yourself, though, and actually listen and actually see, you know, because if this person really is, you're going to know really quickly. But if you actually pay attention to their work, right, and be willing to, you know, most of the stuff that I engage with is like a minimum an hour, you know, and sometimes I'm listening to stuff for like three, four hours, you know, really, really deep work. So um exposure, you know, is a, is a really important thing. Uh, what's coming up for you? Yeah, I really like what you said is, is, um, find thought leaders who speak truth and, mm -hmm. and you know, the, 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 there's always so many cliche sayings, the truth will set you free. And, you know, I mean, the, the truth is, is out there for you to find of whatever it means to you. And there are people that align with what you believe I just think it's important to get out of um, just who is convenient for you to be exposed to and go seek out principled-based leaders, thought leaders that are out there. And um, I, I stumbled actually across Ben Shapiro on the Joe Rogan show 
and uh, listened to one of his things. And it was like, he contextualized some of my thoughts. Like he's able to put some mm-hmm. of the thoughts that I've had into words that I was like, wow, that makes sense. And, you know, I'll, I'll hear some individuals talk about things that I'm able to align with that makes sense with me. Sometimes I'll, I'll hear, uh, um, you know, just, uh, I, I let Joe Rogan. I mean, he, he does, he does have a lot of really great guests, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson, he had on there. And, um, I think can maybe Candace Owens was on there and, yeah, um, he's had, you know, he's had basically everybody from every walk of life, from every, you know, re- left, right, center, all, all of the above. He just had, uh, Alex Jones on and they were talking about aliens and smoking pot and just like, you know, going just all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, yeah. you know, that's really nonpartisan, right? It's just like, cause, uh, he was saying like Alex Jones initially when he first met him, he was like protesting George Bush, right? Like, because he, you know, didn't believe that George Bush was, was ethical. So it's like, these people tend to, you know, they don't fit neatly into our boxes. We like to label people, but it's like when you actually just try to listen to somebody it also don't ever take anybody's word as like completely true. Like, I'm always trying to filter it through my own, you know, thoughts. Yeah. And sometimes I'm listening to the people I really respect. I'm like, that's a bad take. Like you're wrong. You know, um, like I don't, I don't agree. You know, I agree with 80% of what you said, but not this. So, um, and when someone changes and when someone changes their opinion, they're like, Oh, you flip flop. It's right. like, well, maybe, or I got informed or educated and saw a new stance and I've evolved. Yeah. Why is that bad? Totally. Um, exactly. I mean, I, I actually think that's almost like a prerequisite for somebody that I want to learn from is like a willingness to change their mind um, and a willingness to admit where they're wrong, you know? Um, so I think that these, these sorts of like, you know, rules to, to go by, you know, does somebody really kind of, are they kind? Do they always give the benefit of the doubt to people? Um, do, are they willing to change their mind? you know, when presented with new information, a lot of times, even I think we're doing a fairly good job modeling this on the show. It's like, you know, instead of coming in with an agenda or a, um, you know, so being so firm, it's actually like, I want to have the discussion and determine it together. Right. Um, and this is actually a really good principle for coaching in general, which is a lot of times someone asks for my advice and I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Let's, let's figure it out. You know? And I'm going on the, the in, you know, inquiry phase and, and ride with them so we can just try to actually arrive at, at what the best answer is. And we kind of make one case and we make another case and we're just like, well, it looks like this case is better. Like, do you agree? And you know, that's how we arrive at a lot of decisions. So, um, yeah, man, this is, this has been fun. What, what else? I mean, we can start to head towards the exits here, but anything else coming up for you on, on discernment in the modern era, uh, I think we did a good job today. And also like there's so like this goes super deep. So we can probably jam on this for, for future episodes at some point too. But yeah, what else is coming up for you? Yeah, it it is. And it just, what's showing up is right now, it's not going to be, you know, perfect. Um, you know, at this moment, I don't think someone's going to listen to this episode and say, wow, I had the, the secret, uh, ingredient now to discern. But what I do believe we're we're getting accomplished right now, ideally, is you leave leave this conversation and say, okay, can I be curious? You know, can I, can I, can I move past my, my self-imposed paradigm of the world? 
you know, where meaning uh, you see a homeless person on the side of the street and then you make up a story about that person. Can we move past that? Can we move past these, mm. these thought patterns that are put into our mind that says, uh, oh, they're like this. So, oh, how about this one? Oh, I met someone named Karen once. <laughs> so therefore, Karen is her name. So therefore, she's probably like this and there that like this association mm -hmm. of the past, meaning that's going to be the present or the future. Can we move past that? Can we be curious? Mm -hmm. Can we see a homeless person on the side of the road and say, I'm curious of how they got there. And then you see another homeless person say, oh, they're probably the same as that other one. No, it's like, I'm curious what their story is. You meet someone named Karen and you're out. It's like, it's not like, oh, you must be like all the other Karens I met. No, it's, it, it has nothing to do. Like move past that shit, you know, mm -hmm. be willing to be, be, be willing to be curious, be willing to question, be willing to just say, um, the past doesn't equal the future. I, I can be open. I can be willing. I can uh, question with curiosity. I'm open. Uh, I don't have an agenda. Uh, if someone else has an agenda, I can at least question it. And if they're not willing to allow me to question that agenda, well, that's on them, not on me. I'm not going to stay in my box because that's where they want to keep me. I'm going to think outside the box. I'm going to think creatively. I'm going to find thought leaders who are willing to think creatively and not stay in their box. I'm going to learn from them, uh, podcasts, books, uh, you know, lessons or lectures or seminars and, and be willing to adapt, be willing to evolve. And if you can listen to this conversation, at least it, it, it see that there is a need for thought leaders to think this way. And if you're willing to kind of enter that space with us, I think that's the path towards fulfillment, towards real leadership, towards authentic, um, uh, an authentic approach to change and, and evolving as a, as a human species and not relying on other people to do the heavy lifting for us and, and, and not relying on politicians to do the work or, you know, the government to do the work for us that we're able to, you know, and capable uh, of, of thinking for ourselves as long as we're willing to do some of that inner work. Mm, totally, man. There's so much good stuff here, and um, you know, just just learning how to think, uh, how to think in general is really uh, what I, I'm sensing is the biggest thing, and how to pay attention to context over content, uh, and really like try to have like maps and models that help you explain um, how the world works, uh, which is it's one of my favorite topics, and it's also super complex, but it's uh, uh, that's why well, it's kind of why I love it, but. Um, hey man, this has been fun. Uh, I will uh, call it from here. Let everyone go on with their evening. Thanks for joining us. If you joined us live, and uh, if you listen back, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, thanks for joining, and remember to leave today better than you found it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at better than underscore rich and join our Facebook group at the better than rich show. Thanks again for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time. And remember, leave today better than you found it.